0: Millennial Falcon Pop Culture Podcast by Three Geeky Millennials. I'm Willie Dobbs, a filmmaker in the DC area, and with me, as always, and returning
1: is Hi, I'm Fai Chen a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in DC. Hello. It's me. <laughs> it's Ani
2: Crinton, a writer at Gastar News, back from her trip in Japan and very jet-lagged, but very excited to be returning with my host, the Millennial Falcon. I've missed you guys. Welcome back Anya, we missed you too. Well, now that I am uh, back, it's time to gear up for the summer movie season. That's what my presence has brought back. Summer movie season, obviously. Like
0: Apollo bringing the sun.
2: Exactly, and not like Icarus flying into the sun, although <laughs> we'll see how some movies do. They Ooh. might be a
0: little more Icarusy.
2: Ooh. <laughs> um, are more so we're be discussing let's just keep this greek metaphor going the whole episode please i mean they are the foundation of all our stories exactly um there was a great onion article recently that was like the greeks like really regret inventing theater that's hilarious (laughs) it was so funny oh anyway so we're going to talk about summer movie season we're gonna um each list the top three movies that we're looking forward to as well as just kind of discuss the season in general what it looks like this year what it kind of means in general, how it's been changing, you know, all that fun stuff that we get into. Um, so, Willoughby, do you want to start with your top three summer movie seasons? And by the way, we're counting summer as Infinity War to August.
1: Yes. <laughs> that yes. is the true marker of the summer movie season, Infinity War. Which, Mar-
0: which Marvel movie is coming it, out that like it, marks summer it, movie season? It would have started May 4th, but then they said, "We're fuck it, we're bringing it forward a week. And so now the summer starts a week early. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So in speaking of that, the number one pick that I have and most anticipated movie to see this year is, of course, Avengers Infinity War, the 85,000 Marvel movie. Um, uh, My girlfriend and I have started our MCU movie rewatch. Last week we watched Iron Man. I think this weekend we're watching... Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2 and a couple others if we get to them. Um, and I'm really excited to watch this movie, guys. It's 10 years in the making of, like, 20-plus superheroes. You've got a bad guy that looks like a thumb. It's just, I'm so excited. It's going to be it, great. It's kind of a
2: marvel <laughs> They even got to this place. It is. But it is pretty amazing when you think about it. Like, I feel like for a little while I was feeling pretty lackluster on superhero movies for a little bit. And, like, Infinity War's came around, and I'm like, oh, man.
0: It feels I'm like something. I'm so pumped. It feels like it's like something. Like, you know, you get... I mean, Black Panther felt like something, too. But it's, I feel like it's been a while since, like, there's been this much anticipation. Because it's it is ten years in the making, if you think about it. I think a lot of people are saying, like... Not all the superheroes are going to get out alive. We also have a fourth Mo- Avengers movie coming next year that's like the quote-unquote part two of this. Um, when it w- when Avengers Infinity Wars was, was announced, it was announced as a part one and part two, but now they've changed the subtitle for Avengers 4. Um, yeah. Which is but a spoiler. It, it, feels
2: like, it feels like the first Avengers again.
0: It does. It feels like, you know, because I feel like Avengers 2, we all have our problems with it. Mm-hmm. It was just more of the same with it. And it was, was starting to set up well, phase it 3. It wasn't so
1: much more of the same. It was just that it was doing too much world building and doing too much crossover work to actually be a movie that stands on its own.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of the Joss whedon bits were a little bit too Joss whedon Um Well, actually... Like, like- <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to get just, into it. I don't want to get into I, it. I, yeah. just, I just, I just thought two. There was too much. Like Cap's characterization and Widow's characterization were not great, and Anya just don't gave a look. Don't remind me um,
2: of that film. <laughs> that film is awful.
0: Um, but it, yeah, there were a lot of problems with that movie. But I feel like now they've like hit back to a stride in which people are like, this, this feels like a, a momentous thing, and so I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, my number two on the list is kind of almost a cliche at this point, but a Star Wars movie, uh, known by a solo, colon, a Star Wars story. Um, as, as you guys may all know, including the audience. This movie was racked with production issues. Ron Howard came in to save the day. And from what I've seen, it looks great. There's, there's going to be a trailer premiering to, earlier later today. I haven't seen it yet. We're recording this around 1 p.m. Eastern time. So like by the time you guys hear this, there might be a brand new trailer and everyone might be having different opinions. But from what I've seen, I really liked it. Uh, Lando is a standout uh, played by Donald Glover. You've got um, you've got Alden, I- Aaron Reich? Iron
1: Aaron Reich? Reich. oh Aaron Reich?
0: okay, um, from uh, Hail Caesar.
2: <laughs> I think he looks surprisingly great in the role.
0: He works. It works. I like to hit, you know the little moments we've seen. So like we haven't seen a lot because that's their that's been their strategy uh, all throughout these movies. So like I'm excited for it because I just love Star Wars so much, you know.
2: I feel like it's been a recent sort of movie that's gotten probably the like most like lukewarm response. Mm -hmm. Um, which has been interesting for me. I feel like I'm less
1: excited about it and
2: more like just really curious.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. For me, I'm not quite excited about it because I think Han Solo is, is a really difficult character to move beyond like his, the role that Harrison Ford originated and having a prequel story, that's like a built around a character that we know so well and in so intimately is always sort of a gamble. And for me, I was actually much more interested when watching the trailer in Lando, and I was like, I kind of want to watch his story. That movie. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch yeah. that movie. And like Han Solo is, you know, he's fine, he's like dashing, he's a rapscallion, and that's kind of something we've we've seen a little bit before in movies that aren't Star Wars, but you know, it's it's not an uncommon sort of. Trope or character type, so that for me is why I've been sort of lukewarm on on Solo, a Star Wars movie. I probably will still see it, but I'm I'm surprised that yeah, I think I'm less excited about it than I was for Rogue One because Rogue One offers something that was really, truly different. I think for Star Wars,
0: mm-hmm. what I'm excited, what I'm hoping is that there's more Donald Glover than we're thinking because mm-hmm. they are buddies, they are supposed to be friends, and they're supposed to go on adventures together. So hopefully, that's the case. I
2: will say I'm excited to see like a young Han and Chewie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'll be cute. Yeah. I agree.
0: Um. So my third film is actually not like any of the like other co- uh, uh superhero movies I want that that are coming out or big bu- budget blockbusters. There's a movie coming out called Tag, in
1: which <laughs> that's where I Hawkeye guy is.
0: Yeah. So. It's basically about a story about these four or five dudes who like have been running a game of tag for like f- twenty years since they were kids, and the game has never ended, and uh, the one dude has never been tagged ever. And it was it's played by Jeremy Renner, and uh, I'm trying to let me look up the cast list because it's actually a good cast.
2: It's like Ed Helms, I think.
0: Yeah, Ed Helms, Jeremy John Renner, John Ham. Yeah, I love I love the ham. Ham's great. He's always he's he's always so funny, and yeah. so I'm really excited for him to do more comedies. Um, so uh, not tag tag 2018. Um, so it stars Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms, John Hamm, Jake Johnson from New Girl, Annabelle Wallace, uh, Hannibal Barres, Isla Fisher, Rashida Jones, Leslie Bibb, and Brian Dennehy. I don't know the that last. It's a good cast. It's a great cast, and I watched the trailer, and it's it just seems like really fun. And you know, just like, you know, kind of like wild games of tag going on uh, a- across like twenty years. Um, th- the interesting thing is the film is based on a real life group of friends who've been playing, who were who were known for playing a month long game of tag. Um, they, they were, the Wall Street Journal did like a profile on them in like 2013, and they sold the rights to their story the next month after the mm-hmm. <laughs> after the Wall Street Journal article. I guess it was a, a big big hit in, for that. Um it was initially developed for Will Farrell and Jack Black but uh Jeremy Renner and uh Ed Helms and John Hamm and Jake Johnson showed up. Uh it's directed by and written by people I don't know. Um but it comes out in June. It seems like a little harmless little fun movie that you know just like kind of kind of like it seems like we're having like almost like a resurgence of these like studio um, comedy. Studio comedies with Game Night, which I still
1: haven't seen, but hopefully oh it'll be out. Oh my god. Game Night is hopefully great. Hopefully it'll be out
0: on video on demand soon because it, you
1: know, it came out.
0: Game Night? A while, a while so ago. Good. There has Night been
1: a resurgence. Good. Game Night is great. Jumanji is great. I heard Blockers is actually surprisingly I've good. I heard Blockers
0: is good too. Yeah. Is that that's the one with John Cena? Yeah.
1: John Cena! That's the one that seems like it's a you know really archaic sort of. Uh, parents try to stop their daughter from lose, daughters from losing their virginity, but it's actually apparently a very, like, progressive, raunchy sex comedy for teens. It, like, that's also has, like, parents doing shenanigans in the background. So I heard it's, like, actually quite funny and really good.
0: Does John Cena play one of the p- parents? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> he doesn't look like a human man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's apparently, like, a joke where he's, like, arguing why his wife is Asian, even because she's Indian. He's, like, he's, like, India is on the continent of Asia, and it, like, plays for a lot of great laughs and stuff. So, apparently, it's quite good. And, yeah, the Studio Comedy is doing pretty well recently.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, so... T- I'm here for that, to be honest. Like, after how good Game Night was, I'm like, all right, bring this
0: back. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Anya, have, have either of you seen the trailer for Tag yet? I have.
2: I didn't know the trailer was out yet. Um, I have it pulled up now, so I'll watch it after the episode. But I'm yeah. so curious about Tag, just because, like, if it is anything like Game Night...
0: Yeah. It could be a lot of fun. Because had... it, it seems like there's like some action involved, like Jeremy Renner is an action star, so it's like him like dodging tags and stuff. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah, I had mixed feelings when I saw the trailer, but then again, you know, I also underestimated our yeah, game night, so maybe the trailer will is not an indicator of how like good the movie actually is.
0: Let's been... be real. Yeah. The, the trailer for like Steven Spielberg movies, like Bridge of Spies, was not good. Yeah. But the movie was great. <laughs>
2: We've t- talked about trailers before and how they can be misleading. Yes, yeah. we have.
0: And also just not edited well. Like, just there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are my three. I mean, there's a ton of movies this summer that I'm just not super great. I mean, I'm excited for, but, like, they're not top three.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that because this year seems interesting.
1: Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, HT. All right, my turn. What are your top three? My top three. Uh, my next, my first one is Incredibles two, uh, which is the long time coming uh, sequel to The Incredibles, which came out in two thousand four. Two thousand four. Oh my goodness! How but yeah, Incredibles years. two is coming out June, in June, June fifteenth, and I'm quite excited for it. So I'm going to admit, I I like the original Incredibles. But it's not one of my top Pixar movies, and i I never really raved about it like everyone else did. I think everyone—oh, same. Yeah, everyone like adores the first Incredibles, and I was like, it's a good movie. I enjoy it. I had there's like really good moments, and I like the family dynamic, and I like how it's basically the Fantastic Four movie we've been looking waiting for. (laughs) But, (laughs) but yeah, I was like never really over the moon with it. But I'm really excited to see these characters return, and I am a ardent pixar fan i think they have been on a really great creative streak recently and i'm i'm just really excited for incredibles 2 and um the the sort of like mr mom sort of subplot that they have going on here because yeah. in this incredibles 2 plot it's um this businessman who's kind of skeezy and played by bob Duden- bob odenkirk <laughs> um Basically, wants to bring superheroes back into the fold and give them a nice like publicity um, stunt. So he hires Elastigirl to become like the face for superheroes. So she starts, you know, going back to work, and it's left to Mister Incredible or. Mr. Parr, I guess, to uh, take care of the kids and has him kind of doing all, going through all the motions of uh, parenthood and being exhausted and everything like that and finding out that his little, littlest kid, Jack-Jack, has superpowers. So it seems like a really fun, really um, family-friendly, warm, funny movie. So uh, yeah, and I'm excited. I'm also really excited about the the short that's airing in front of it, which is the first Uh, Pixar short by a female director and it also deals with something that's close to my culture. It's about a Chinese Canadian um, mom who is suffering depression because of her like emptiness. All her kids have left and suddenly one of her dumplings comes to life and she raises it as her kid and it seems so sweet and beautiful and I'm 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 definitely going to cry. Yeah, (laughs) So I'm excited for that. That's my number one. My number two uh, is... Oceans 8. It is the Oceans 11 spinoff starring Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Rihanna, and Hathaway, uh, Mindy Kaling, uh, Sarah Paulson, a slew of other people. It's basically like the gender-bent, female-led version of the Ocean series, which is like all these great, amazing women pull off a heist at the Met and uh, they do it in style and in very sleek fashion. And I'm very excited to see um, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett lead. Such a great, talented crew of actresses. So, and it looks it looks so fun. It looks very much like it captures the Soderbergh spirit of the original trilogy.
2: And we should say that it's not like just a gender bent version, but it is in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Like Sandra Bullock is playing the sister of George Clooney's Danny yes. Ocean. Yeah, so it's um, spin-off, um, so it is, yeah, yeah, sort of a spin off, rather. Yeah, yeah. Sequel? Sequel?
1: Sequel spin off? Yeah.
2: I mean, it takes place after the first three, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
1: Anya, you actually saw an early test screening of this movie, didn't you? I
2: did. I can't say much, um, but I will say that Rihanna is going to be a standout, and mm. she is really fun and really great in the movie and the role. Um, and Anne Hathaway was the other standout for me. She Her character does a lot of interesting things, subverting tropes that I really enjoyed.
1: Ooh. I like it, so, she's like the Andy Garcia of this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, villain.
2: basically... Um,
1: well, she's, she's the target. Tor- yeah, right? she's the mark.
2: Sort of. Richard Armitage is more the Andy Garcia.
1: Ooh, interesting.
2: Um, and yes, uh, this is so weird. Anne Hathaway is like the non-romantic uh, Julia Roberts, mm. sort of ish. It's a little bit complicated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I'm looking for. There are to a lot of you. fun
2: moments, and yeah, Rihanna, man, Rihanna.
1: Nice. I mean, when you have Rihanna, you have to make use of her because she's Rihanna. All right. So my third pick is Crazy Rich Asians, which is coming out in August. It's an adaptation of the novel Crazy Rich Asians, uh, which I really enjoyed. It's kind of like a fun summer beach read, and it's about a. Uh, chinese American woman played by Constance Wu who goes to a wedding with her Singaporean boyfriend um and his at his home country and she discovers that his relatives and his family are insanely wealthy so much so the the jet setting uh paris living sort of one percenter uh wealthy so it's and it's a big culture and Class shock for her. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to see a rom com with Asian leads and a big screen, um, big budget movie. And um, yeah, it's it's something I'm really looking forward to. I love Constance Wu. I think she's so talented and is just waiting to become a big movie star. So cannot wait for this movie.
2: Yay! Yay! All right, Aya, um, what
1: are your top three?
2: All right, so I'm excited for a lot on your list Infinity War. Incredibles two, Ocean's eight, those ones especially. Um, but I'm gonna change gear a little bit, and I'm gonna um, go with non blockbusters. Well, it might be a blockbuster a bit, but
1: um, a good thanks plan. to
2: yeah, thanks to Infinity War moving its date, my most anticipated film of the year now falls into the summer category. Somehow, it's not a summer movie, but we're Isn't gonna any season it. movie. It's a it's an awards movie. Let's be real. Um, but that's disobedience with Rachel McAdams and Rachel Wise. I have talked about it before because it's a movie, again, my most anticipated of the year and a movie that means a lot to me as a queer woman and also just as a Rachel McAdams stand Forever and always, she is my number one. Um, so we've talked about it a lot, so I won't go on it too much, but it's about um, two women played by the Rachels um, who come from a very... Orthodox Jewish town um, And they have a past relationship um, And when Rachel Wise Returns to the town Feelings are brought back up again And it's We'll see what happens But um, I'm very excited to see A queer female love story Front and center again like we did with Carol So I'm very excited Um, My next one is Sorry to bother you I'm excited for that one too Oh my God! This movie looks bonkers in the best way. Um, it's so it's the movie uh, everyone's been talking about. It. it takes place in an alternate universe,
1: like Northern California. Essentially, it's like a weird, hyper-stylized version of Northern California. Yeah, um,
2: and it stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, Armie Hammer, um, other people that I can't think of right now. Um, oh, what's his name from The Walking Dead? Glenn. Oh, Stephen Yin. Stephen Yin, yes. He is also in it, I believe. Um, and so basically, th- um, Leaky Sandfield basically gets this job um, in, like, telemarketing or something like that. Yeah. And it, it essentially turns into this, like, morality tale of, like, him rising through the ranks because of his voice and kind of what that means and, like, what he's buying into. And it's this, like, black comedy morality alternate universe thing it's really hard to explain but that's why i'm so excited for it it's because it looks like so out of like the norm
1: and he he becomes successful because he essentially has like a white voice and his voice is is, um david cross's voice uh from arrested development so it it's like this weird sort of i guess it almost seems like an antithesis of like get out in a way yeah
0: Oh, it was like yeah. Sandfield.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I know, right? He, he got out and came to a weird, in Northern California. Um, but yeah, so it just looks really interesting and it has a great cast. Um, and I'm just excited to see what it does. It feels kind of like similar to like something like Ingrid Goes West or kind of those like dark comedies that we've been seeing. Um, and I'm really excited for this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: A24 has got that army hammer lock.
2: Um, wait, this isn't A24, this is Annapurna.
0: Is it Annapurna? Yeah. No, wait.
2: Yeah, this isn't A24, at... I don't think.
0: Hold on, okay. I gotta look this up. This is not
1: an
0: Annapurna um, film. Yep, Annapurna I did pretty well, Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn I was on A24 and they had listed, uh, sorry to bother you.
2: Wait, why does A24 have an army hammer lock?
0: Because wasn't "Call Me by Your Name" also a twenty-four? So many pictures. Jesus, I have no idea. <laughs> Everything seems a twenty-four nowadays.
2: Everything is a twenty-four.
0: Oh, he's also in the, whatchamacallit, call it uh, Free Fire, which is a twenty-four. Which yeah. is a. There
1: we go. The one a twenty-four Army Hammer movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. So Army Hammer, um, he he goes among multiple production companies and studios. He is not a one studio.
0: Is that a one?
2: Yeah. He goes um, both ways. You can go with all the ways. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Alright. Anyway. Um my next movie is probably the most blockbustery of them all, but it's not like an action film, and that would be Disney's Christopher Robin. Mm. So this is another one of Disney's sort of like live action it's not a remake of anything, but it's, it's... like Hook. It it's Hook, it's like Pete's Dragon. It's basically taking like a story we know well and like telling it in a different way. Um, in this one, the character of Christopher Robin is an adult man and he's a workaholic and he's played by Ian McGregor. His wife is played by Hayley Atwell and It's just a sexy couple. It's a very sexy couple. And like Willoughby said, it's very much like Hook. Like he's not very much the family man and stuff, and so it's kind of like he has to like be taught a lesson and who better teach that lesson to him? than Winnie the Pooh and all his friends from the Hundred Acre Wood who turns out, like, they're real. Mm-hmm. Or at least real in his
1: head for this midlife crisis. We'll find out. Um, I didn't expect to... I had forgotten that this movie was coming out, but when I saw the trailer, I didn't expect to be quite so emotional. I started tearing up. Same. I oh, my was God, same. So, I was I mean, so just, like, nostalgic and warm, and it just seemed so lovely. Same.
2: And I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm actually really excited. this is coming out a year after Goodbye Christopher Robin, because I really loved Goodbye Christopher Robin, and they're entirely different films. Because like Goodbye Christopher Robin is the biopic of the author, um. But I love. I think they are going to like complement each other in a way. Um, it's like so Dunkirk
0: and uh, Darkest Hour.
2: <laughs> Except one is sort of. significantly better. Yeah. Oh. Um. And so yeah i just that trailer i'm with ht on that one like i wasn't sure what to expect i had heard about some like production problems but like all vague things that you always hear in the rumor mill um and then i saw the trailer and the second i heard jim cumming's voice as Winnie the pooh Mm -hmm. i got so emotional
1: oh father oh Oh, my i'm getting emotional again (laughs) like silly old bear all stuffed with fluff. And then, of course, immediately everyone started uh, pitting Paddington and Winnie the Pooh against each Can't other in the battle for both. the cutest bear. I think that they, they both win. They both And they win. can
2: share the prize. Because I don't think Paddington and Pooh would choose to battle each other. I think they'd be friends. They would just we sit down and win. eat
0: some honey and marmalade.
2: <laughs> right?
0: Diabetic just like Diabetic bears. Out.
2: Um, so yeah, so I did not expect this movie to jump high on my list, and then that trailer just did me right in. Mm-hmm. So now I'm very excited, and like Disney, as I've spoken about before, like I'm a defender of the Disney live action films because I think for the most part they've been really good. Um, yeah. There have been some, there have been some lesser ones. Beauty did you, you see *Peace Dragon*? I haven't, I haven't yeah, *Peace Dragon* is wonderful. Really. It's, it's so
0: beautiful. I didn't see a lot of people talking about.
2: It. No, it was a very, it was a very understated film that didn't get a lot of attention. But like, it is a gorgeous film. Um, but I mean, I've loved pretty much like Maleficent, Cinderella, Jungle Book, Pete's Dragon. Like, I've been here for a lot of them, so I'm so excited to see.
0: There, there. There's one on the list that didn't make it.
1: Beauty and the Beast is a complicated situation for me. I am a, a ve- you guys know how I feel about Beauty and the Beast.
2: It's a. about Beauty and the Beast. Stand even. Stand even. And it. So like I am in love with it, but I'm also like, I uh, should have gotten a better director. It should have been yeah, something
1: good. that was
2: not shot for shot of the original movie. And then... It should have been a sung through remake of the Broadway musical.
1: That I would have been down for. Because then we would have gotten the Beast solo song in a way that felt more earned and organic and not just like inserted into the movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Whatever, I will always love Dan Stevens singing, like, a big ballad. Um, I mean, Dan Stevens notwithstanding in this discussion of Beauty and the Beast, because he is perfect.
0: Notwithstanding.
2: I still love Dan Stevens, guys. I understand. Just so you know, just in case anyone was wondering, I still love him.
0: Oh, I'm aware. You saw a very low-rated movie. It's... Like just on a whim,
1: I've seen numerous low-rated movies for that man. <laughs> you are a stand to the core. You are a stand to stand. Yes. Let's pivot a little bit and talk about so, this summer movie season and what we think about it. Are you guys it's impressed? So overwhelming, yeah.
0: We've got the we've got Jurassic World uh, oh, God, colon sequel of the sequel.
1: Deadpool um, two
0: uh sorry what was that deadpool 2 deadpool 2 which really just deadpool is out 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 state as welcome i i liked the first deadpool it doesn't really get better with age like when i saw it in theaters i had a lot of fun but then like rewatching it on like hbo i was like uh this de- this shit
1: kind of gets old i was not a big um, fan of the first deadpool no i thought it was fine but I just yeah didn't.
2: although i'm excited for cable and domino
1: I'd be yeah. lying if I said I wasn't. Domino, Domino I especially. heard is a standout. So yeah. and cable too. So, um,
0: oh yeah, what's his face in both movies? Uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Oh, but they do, uh, they
1: still have not taken uh, what's his name out. T.J. Miller. Oh yeah, Dead and they League. didn't
0: do that for Ready Player yeah. One either. Yeah. Um, which uh, otherwise other movies we've got on the list? We've got R.B.G., which is a Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary, which I'm very excited to see. Um, that would probably Notorious be RPG. Num- number four on my list um there's we talked about this we talked about none of us are excited for jurassic world uh there's eighth grade which is oh, the Bo burnham yes i
2: am excited Bo, for
0: that uh Bo burnham's written and directed a24 film i double checked uh <laughs> it's it's a uh a24 uh coming of age film about a young girl in eighth grade um, written directed by comedian Bo Burnham, and I always his comedy specials are so subversive that I'm ex- really intrigued to see what he does with like fiction.
2: Same. Um, I'm and I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it got rave
1: reviews movies. when it debuted at Sundance. Yes, yeah, at Sundance.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp, sequel to Ant Man, um, the 20th Marvel movie.
2: <laughs> I like Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, yeah. I mean.
0: I I was cool with Ant Man. It was pretty.
2: Same. I mean, I I will watch Paul
1: Rudd in pretty much anything. Ant Man was probably one of the most forgettable yeah. novel movies for me, though. Like it was a fine oh, yeah. movie, but it was just. It was, I mean, there. it was serviceable. I don't think it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't terrible. It was just serviceable.
0: There is the sixth Mission Impossible movie Ooh, coming. I'm actually out excited for that. Yeah, Henry
2: Cavill, Angela Bassett, same. Mission Impossible movies are so much fun.
0: Rogue Nation was so good, and uh, Ghost Protocol was great, too.
1: They are the pinnacle of good popcorn entertainment, but in a way that, like, really gets down to what an action film should be, I think. It Mm -hmm. it, it kind of—they still recapture, like, the old sensibility of the action film that, like, doesn't feel too— like it may have to do like their physical effects and well their physical stunts and everything like that, but I think that they just feel like the stakes are there. And in, in comparison to a lot of action films that we are seeing from from studios these days. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the last one on the list that I have, I have printed out a list of movies I wanna. I'm interested in talking about uh, the Mamma Mia sequel with the perfect subtitle: Here we go again.
2: Lily James, Lily James, also Abba, which forever a great band yeah but i'm not ups- i'm kind of upset that
1: probably they're killing off meryl streep's character <laughs> in that movie or same. have
0: already killed her off
1: yeah
2: i'm also very confused by the trailer because like um are they singing the same songs no they're they're doing new ava songs mm. but um i'm really confused because An- amanda safe reed's character I her name
0: you can just Whatever call her, her Meryl Streep's daughter.
2: Meryl Streep's daughter. She talked about like raising the child alone like her mom did, and I was like, Where's Skye? Like <laughs> yeah, he's married. <laughs> like where did he go? I'm like very confused, but I'm just like, Okay, Lily James is a young Meryl Streep. I'm sold. I'm very easy to please.
1: Uh, Another one that would be interesting is Sicario: Day of the Soldado, which I'm kind of I have I have mixed feelings with because what I really liked about the first Sicario was that it felt like. You know, we're seeing things from the eyes of Emily Blunt's really sort of naive, idealistic character, and taking that out of the mix just feels like another practice in sort of gritty nihilism. So, Agreed. but it also actually, seems like a movie that didn't need a sequel. Yeah, or am I remembering the ending of, of Sicario wrong? No, it didn't need a sequel because he like you know avenged his family and everything. But right. I I will say there's a second trailer that came out for it that kind of um, presented it as more of like a sort of Man on Fire type of situation in which you know uh benicio del toro's character has is like has to take care of like this girl who was kidnapped and like she gets kidnapped and there's like a sort of bond there so i think that would be oh, interesting. interesting i didn't yeah. see that mm-hmm. i didn't see
0: any of that in that first trailer Yeah, that the second trailer
1: there's more about like him and the girl and it's like she uh he i think he has to, has to at first first killer but then he um you know connects with her or bonds with her or something. Oh, I thought it was just going
0: to be Josh Brolin running around being like, yeah. "It's war." <laughs> yeah, like
2: it, does. it kind of sounds like that. Um, Joaquin Phoenix movie that's out right now that's getting really mm, good reviews. I really want to see that.
0: The single "I'm Not Here."
2: <laughs> you were no, never I mean, really here. You were never really here. I really want to see it. I've heard really good things, and it's from a female director. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm. So it's interesting that this is kind of like. I feel like that's something that we've seen. Like, Logan had it, too, where you have, like, that, like, lone male hero and, like, the young female
1: Dynamic. victim, as it
2: were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that it's been in more than one movie recently. It's mm-hmm. the last um, of Yeah, the yeah. So it's, like, yeah, a trend. Yeah. Last um, it's definitely, like, a trope. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. But, yeah. So we've mentioned movies that we're looking forward to. But are you guys do you guys feel the same underwhelming feeling that I do or am I alone in this?
1: No, nah, I feel the weird same
0: because there's movies I want to see, but it's not like last year where it was like a movie every week. Like June had a, such a strong month of movies.
1: Although it wasn't till June and like towards the end of June that summer movie season last year really started to kick off because I had that same sort of underwhelming feeling until we had that like string of movies like John Kirk, Atomic Blonde, Baby Driver, Wonder Woman, all at the same time.
0: Big and sick, the beguiled. The big
1: sick, the beguiled, and I think that's in sort of an interesting trend that's kind of continuing here, in which it, a lot of the movies that were really great and that really defined the movie for me, the summer for like me last season were like mid-budget or indie films, mm-hmm. not big studio blockbusters. Yeah, and I feel that's kind of the same case this year too. Yeah, because so I feel like different- you
0: guys really perked up when talking about not the blockbusters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's how I've been feeling in
2: general towards film lately. Like, I feel like I've just been gravitating more towards non-blockbusters just in my personal taste. And I think that has to do with the weirdness of blockbusters and kind of what Hollywood's been doing with them. I think Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther have been saving it for me. um, And hopefully it kind of turns around. But yeah, I mean, the smaller films are what I'm more interested in right now. And they've been the films that have been giving me the most joy. So... Mm -hmm. So maybe do you guys think that summer movie season is evolving or do you think it's still about the blockbusters and always will be? I think
0: it it profitably it's about the blockbusters like I feel like there, there's always going to be summer summer comic books and summer franchises that make sequels and stuff and new franchises are franchises are launched. But I do think that there's an ever evolving summer indie hit series of films that come out each mm-hmm. year like the, like a, a lot of ones back maybe like five years ago, a lot of them were coming out on a uh, video on demand the same day they're released in theaters. But I feel like now I see more, maybe it's because I'm living in DC and I'm seeing movies at the AFI and East street cinema where they actually will be playing in a cinema, but like seeing them in a cinema during the summer and it's like, you know, there's maybe, maybe 10, 15 people in the theater instead of like a packed summer blockbuster. It's different. And I, it's enjoyable because it's like, oh, then you go out and you do, do something else. You know, it's like a creative, two hour creative escape.
2: Yeah, and we definitely live in like. I have to remind myself that I like am not the general math target audience. I have to remember that I'm not kind of the general math target audience when it comes to Hollywood and I don't think any of us are because we all live in cities where we have access to indie films we're all interested in the film industry so we all like follow people on Twitter and engage in discussions about festivals and indie films like we are so much more immersed in this world than like the general population who just go to movies mostly just for entertainment Mm -hmm. and so I have to remember that like maybe to us it seems underwhelming and we're interested in the really smaller films and they definitely are having a bigger presence but, like, are the masses still really excited for and just looking forward to, like, Avengers and Jurassic World and Mission Impossible? Like, are they still a mainstay of, like, the general public and, like, will they make lots of money? So I have to remember that, like, we do sort of live in a slightly separate world when it comes to We live in a bubble. We live in a film bubble.
1: Yeah. I think... The audiences are. I think there's still an audience for, like, summer movie blockbuster season. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Although I do think it's interesting that our definition of the summer movie season is always, is kind of changing. It's, you know, it's becoming longer. uh, As we all know, summer movie season starts sometimes as early as April. um, Or even if you want to, like, count Black Panther, start all the way back in February. But... For now, it's like and it's like not even becoming sort of a defined thing anymore because we're seeing more big hits coming out in like the early winter seasons. Like last year was Get Out, this year it's Black Panther, so it's really interesting to me because like blockbusters aren't allocated to one little one three month span anymore.
0: Plus, there's all the the Christmas movies that come out, like Star Wars, and um, I think uh, Aquaman's coming out in December mm-hmm. this year. So like, there's they're definitely going for like except for like September Jan- and January mo- there's like great movies every month.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood has realized that people are going to movies all year round. Mm-hmm.
1: And I uh, wonder like I yeah audience numbers have been going down for the past couple of years. I think last year was a lowest summer box office like audience sort of um, numbers that we had in in decades and I probably will keep going down unless movie Pass suddenly becomes like a huge resurging factor in it but yeah I don't know it's I don't know if it's, like, interest less interest in the movies itself or maybe it's just because people don't want to go to the theater anymore because it's so expensive. Um, I, and this is an ongoing
2: conversation that's been happening since, like, Netflix started to take hold and mm-hmm. people just staying at home more. What's interesting is, have you guys noticed that when you go to the theaters? Because, like, I mean, if I go to, like, indie theaters, they'll be, like, less crowded and stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. They always are. But, like, if I go to, like, the AMC, like... I'm usually in a pretty full
0: theater, I feel like. Yeah, oh, I feel like I haven't noticed. It depends on what time you go, too, obviously. Yeah. As um, a personal I
1: anecdote, goes... I would say theaters are more crowded than ever, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, um, especially now that a lot of theaters have, have uh, did some re- uh, redesign and gotten rid of more seats. So there's less seats, but they're mm-hmm. bigger seats. Like the AMC in Georgetown or the Regal... Um, like, you know, like, the recliners and stuff, like, there's less seats in there than they, than, than, like, the normal seats. Um, so, like, technically, like, you're, like, the, as much as you would spend, you know, like, if it was a sold-out theater for one movie, there would probably still be seats left if it wasn't a redesigned movie theater. True. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That's probably also coming into play. Um... So, I don't know. I'm not really... I don't have any uh, stake in movies doing well or not. You know, it's not really my job to worry about the numbers. I'm just worried about how, <laughs> how great they are.
1: Yeah, and I still think movies are good. Like, you know, we talk about it's the decline of the movie industry and, you know, blockbusters are all becoming terrible and they're all sequels. But, you know, we still have good sequels. We still have good blockbusters. And I agree. I think that... You know, the fact that Mission Impossible still remains strong and still remains just a fun action film that knows exactly what it is, is like a testament to that. I think that, like, the fact that we're getting more mid-budget movies that are really creative and unique every year is also a testament to that. So, we'll see. Maybe we'll be surprised this summer movie season. It's still a little early to tell. I, I remember last year we all thought that it was a sort of a bust of a season two until that that, uh special week or like two weeks in June. So
2: yeah, it'll be curious to see what the numbers do this year. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's a good way to wrap up our discussion about summer movie season. Why don't we move on to the last segment of our episode? I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. I really, 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 really like you. Anya, since you're back this week, why don't you Kick us off. What do you really like this week?
2: So, it's less pop culture oriented, um, but I just got back from Japan, and I really liked my trip to Japan, you guys. What? Yay! It was was so much fun. I mean, it partially had to do with a company. I was visiting my girlfriend, who's teaching English there right now. Yay! Um, And so, like, it was really fun being with someone who, like, has lived there for, like, eight months. Um, And knows it and knows the language. Um, I feel like I got a more, like, personal um, kind of experience of the country. And I just had a lot of fun. Um, We traveled a lot. We did mostly Tokyo, Kyoto, and the Osaka area. Um, And I loved pretty much all of it. My favorites, though, were Nara Park because I love deer so much. I I got to play with deer and just interact with them and cuddle them. And I was very happy. Yay! Um on the pop culture side, I did go to both Disney parks there, Disneyland and Disney Sea, and they were both amazing. It is true what they say about Disney in Japan. It's like a whole nother level. The shopping, the like aesthetic,
1: mm. it's
2: all I mean, it is a Disney fans dream there. Um the amount of like Disney souvenirs I bought is absurd. <laughs> um so that was really fun. But I just had a really great time. Um, and yeah, I
1: loved my trip to Japan.
2: yeah I'm very jet-lagged, though. I'm very tired.
1: All right. Well, we'll try to keep this short so Anya can go back <laughs> to sleep. Willoughby, what is your really like for this week?
0: So, we were off last week for Easter slash we didn't
1: really have an episode theme. Um, so...
0: Last week on Saturday was AwesomeCon, which HT and I and my girlfriend and our friend Josh Axelrod, who's also been on the show, we uh, joined up together and we walked around AwesomeCon at in the convention center here in Washington DC, and it's pop culture related because John Boyega was there and he Woo! and we met him. I shook his hand. We took a photo together. Um, he had a Q and A panel in the evening that we all went to and it was a lot of fun um he's such a charming man and like i can totally tell like he is gonna be like a star for like the rest of his life like i don't think there's a stop nothing stopping him um it was a lot of fun to see like all the all the all the stars that were here this year um the cast of Boy meets the world and the cast of smallville so like there's a, a lot of like <laughs> nostalgia, there's a huge nostalgia factor going on um, with awesome con, and most cons are like that too, I'd say, um, but it was really cool, um, a lot of great cosplay that I saw, there was a giant person, there's a person in a giant pork costume, it was so cute, so good, um, I-, I didn't really dress up as anybody, I had a Star Wars sweatshirt on, that was kind of it, um, last year I was a Rebel X-Wing pilot, um, I got some cool art, some Harry Potter art that I can't wait to put up, um, it's like travel posters for Hogsmeade, uh, the Hogwarts Express and Diagon Alley. Anya, I'll show you a picture of them. We
2: um, have Harry Potter travel posters.
0: Oh, I'll send them and see if they're like the same artist. I don't think it so. It's, like, it's, it's usually local DC artists. Um, but yeah.
2: Well, yeah, we'll see. Cause we have, um, travel posters for Platform 9 3 quarters, Hogsmeade and the Forbidden Forest. Oh, Nice.
0: Uh so yeah I got those and then I got um the Smithsonian was Aaron Space Museum was there and they had old uh IMAX posters that they hadn't they never uh gave out so like I have a Rogue One and an Age of Ultron IMAX poster now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um Yeah. And then uh I got a full metal alchemist uh pocket watch uh which is really fun and I want other stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, I got the printout of John Boyega picture, which is really cool. So, awesome kind of so good. And I'm just really glad that it's it's been evolving and getting bigger each year. And It's always a lot of fun. This is my third year going.
1: Also John Boyega.
0: And John Boyega's great.
1: John Boyega, the most charming man I've ever met in real life. So, uh, my really like for this week is A Quiet Place. It's oh, yeah. The- oh, wait. Shh. Shh. <laughs> it's a movie directed by john Krasinski and starring Krasinski and his wife emily blunt and it is amazing talk about I, a power couple what, what a great power couple also a power couple that could have been in marvel at some point because he was up for captain america and she was up for black widow
0: oh my god
1: but thank goodness Although, I, would have, I would have imagined her also as a uh, uh, peggy carter she was actually cast as black widow until scheduling conflicts um, a rose. Yeah, she was supposed to be Black Widow, and then she had to film Gulliver's Travels. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so then that the part went to Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so, fun facts. Anyways, um, I'm glad they didn't go to Marvel, because we wouldn't have gotten such a great, really thrilling horror movie like A Quiet Place. It is... First of all, it's a marvel in sound design, just because, you know, every sound rings so loud and it's a movie that really pulls you in and draws you in, especially with an audience that is somewhat sort of loud and a little bit restless at the beginning, which is a little a little annoying, everyone was walking around. But then towards the end of the film everyone was waiting with bated breath for what would happen. Like, the entire film was silent. If someone coughed, the entire audience jumped. <laughs> oh, it's no. the first time amazing. I've seen a movie where, like, people were actively shushing, not people in the audience, but the movie characters themselves. Oh, like, shut
0: up! Don't say yeah.
1: anything! Don't say anything! It's amazing. <sighs> it's a really thrilling, just like, it, this is a sort of cliched term, but it really is a roller coaster of just, like, it keeps you hooked, and it gives you this really, this rush of adrenaline um, that you rarely have in a horror movie, um, especially one that sort of like has so many jump scares. Like the jump scares here were so earned and so well done and, uh, and shocking that it, it's a movie built on jump scares, but it does it so exceedingly well. And it does actually remind me a little bit of uh, Jurassic Park in ways. I won't say exactly why, but there's a lot of it does pull a lot of references to like Jurassic Park and signs. It kind of is Krasinski doing like his most M. Night Shyamalan, but in a good way. And um, I highly recommend it. Definitely oh, don't eat popcorn <laughs> while watching this movie.
0: <laughs> I find it so amazing that Jordan Peele and John Krasinski, who are, I tweeted about this earlier, who are known primarily as comedy actors, have gone and done, directed two great Critically acclaimed horror films.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I actually um, think it's sort of appropriate because for comedy, timing mm-hmm. is everything, and oh, yeah. I think that translates so well to horror movies.
0: But I think it's all—I think it's great because you know, um, a lot of people get typecast and pigeonholed in doing things in Hollywood. Like, you know, I could never imagine Jordan Peele look like looking at his career suddenly becoming like a major motion picture horror film director and producing like great horror TV shows like the new twilight zone and John Krasinski going from like the straight man in the office to being like a great uh like horror director. I know he's directed a couple other movies, but mm-hmm. they, I don't think they've been as successful as this one they critically. Haven't. Um, And so like, it's such a wonderful thing to see other people doing different things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Holly, agree. Like, you know, not everyone is the same all the time and you know, it could be, you know, like, it's kind of why, like, a lot of comedy actors like Bill Murray, like, start doing dramatic roles, and some of them do really well, like Bill Murray, and some of them, not so much. Yeah, I
2: completely yeah. agree, Willoughby. I have heard nothing but good things about A Quiet Place, and I really hope I see it this week, because I'm excited for it, so good
1: to know, she. Yeah, I think you'll like it. You
0: and you guys becoming horror fans now. I know, now. look at us. You guys are excited for a horror movie. <laughs> it's-
2: it is strange. Imagine 2015
0: um, got, uh, you guys l- l- talking about this.
2: I know. I can't <laughs> imagine. You guys I would love. be like I'm
0: not seeing that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have predicted it and yet here we are. I know. Um people do different things. That's our episode for the week. I know we all grow and change and we can like new things. What a concept. So that's our episode for the week. If you guys have any thoughts on summer movies, a quiet place, conventions?
0: If
2: you guys went to Awesome traveling, Definitely come chat with us And where can they do that, Willoughby?
0: You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com And you can listen to us on SoundCloud Or rate, review, and subscribe And listen to us on iTunes and Google Play Uh, And we're also on Twitter So where can I find you guys?
1: You can find me at htranbui on Twitter
2: you can find me at Anya Curtinton on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.